All right, let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. His appearance on the show is brought to you each and every week by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke, what's going on, David? Hey guys, what's what's the latest? Any any interesting college football stuff going on? Anything interesting to talk about there? I gotta tell you what, Sean O'Connell yesterday in your show, he was great, awesome. Yeah, he was great. Sean's, am, Sean's awesome. It's been a long time for me with local sports radio where there was a story that I was so intrigued by that I like went to twelve eighty thezone dot com, clicked in just to hear what everyone had to say, and then. And then I and I got I clicked on right to get your interview with him, and he really impacted my take on that whole story. I thought he was he was outstanding. I thought he hit on a bunch of stuff. Let's start there, David. I, I'm curious if this is uh, Charlie Brewer tra- transferring. What's going on with that position? And at Utah right now is is grabbing your attention. I, I thought Sean had a bunch of different stuff, but what jumped out at you? So I thought the first one that really jumped out at me was this idea that. You know, you sign a fifth-year mercenary, and so there's really no – and Tim Lacombe actually tweeted this. You can't really expect them to have much um, uh, loyalty to your program. That, that's, I think, you know, that's that, – like, why would they? And so here this kid likes football, is probably not a pro prospect, and is his opportunity to play is about to go away if he sticks around for two more games. So if he leaves, he can get the chance to play again one more year. Now, you know, what is that? And is he going to, you know, is he misguided and thinks he actually has a chance to play, you know, in the NFL. And so that's why he's doing it. And everyone's holding him back. Maybe it's, you know, it's rare that a kid has self respect or self introspection at this age. But if that was really the thought, like, you know what, I'm just not done with college football. Like I just want to do more. And I, and if I stick around here, I lose all my eligibility. I'm never going to play football ever again. I love football. Then I got, I have a hard time complaining about that. And frankly, I, I think, you know, uh, sports fans for their university don't really care about the kids. They just care about the university. Let's be really honest about it. Penn state still has people that show up to their games. I wonder if uh, I wonder if this will slow down that graduate transfer thing. Probably not. Well, I mean, you, you're like, I mean, I think that this is a clear, like, this is the downside, right? Like, you have to understand that there's, like, if you bring these kids in, they don't care about your program. They only care about themselves. Like, I. One of the most interesting teams I ever covered in all of my career was a University of Washington team. I have to go back and, like, I always tell these stories, and then you really get nervous of whether or not they're actually true or not anymore. But my memory is it was a Jim Lambright uh, team, and it probably was 90, let's see, I went there, oh, probably about 98, 99, 2000. And they had, like, 13 pro players on that team. They were loaded, like, on the lines, everywhere. And they lost, like, two of their opening three games. And, like, they tanked. Like, they were five and six because then every single player on that roster was now playing for themselves. All right? They they just did not 
there was nothing about the team that mattered because it was all about going to be a college player at that point. I think when you're signing these five-year guys, you have to realize that there's absolutely no loyalty to the program, nor should there be, because the program hasn't given them anything. So, David, PK hit on something interesting as as far as developing players and how that's going to change at the at the collegiate level with the with the new transfer rules. But isn't there an NBA application there too, where franchises who choose to go the development route as opposed to you know the Lakers are adding free agents and everybody under the sun? They're not the only ones who who go at it that way. Obviously, Brooklyn and there are many other teams uh, that that have that example in the past. But you know, in, in college sports, it'll be really interesting how much you know player development were there will there be players that come in and sit two or three years get better have their opportunity and are better players for it as opposed to well i'm not starting this year off to somewhere else yeah i mean the the willingness of players to transfer just changes a lot of it but you know what like i think this is on the university like so if i'm not playing but i think i'm getting better and i think i'm being treated fairly and i think i have a chance then doesn't like, don't you stick around if you're yeah, a freshman or sophomore? How many how many young people can accurately make that assessment? Have this self awareness to be able to accurately make that assessment? You know if you're being cared for. Uh, Urban Meyer historically got a lot out of players because he treated them so badly. Um. Say that again. Urban Meyer historically got so what? So he had this thing where where he, there were three or four players on the team where he'd really treat well, and then everybody else, particularly the underclassmen, he'd treat them poorly. And the whole idea was to get them to work hard to become the favored child, so to speak. And it was all this. Well, I mean, you could talk to different players who played for him, but I mean, it was all a mental game, right? But they weren't exactly being cared for, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, so I think that kind of coaching is going to have to change, right? The old school coaching that you broke a kid down to build them back up, which I think is like not a very good style of coaching, is over. You treat a kid like that and break them down, they're going to leave. But that's fine because that's the easy route. Like screaming, yelling at a kid and breaking him down and humiliating him and then trying to build him back up so that he's de- dependent on you like an abused child, like, we can we can move on from that. Like we've progressed as a society, we don't need that anymore. I couldn't agree with you more, David. I think you're right on the money. And uh, guess what? Urban's finding that out in Jacksonville right now, aren't we? Right. Like, right. If that's really Urban's style of coaching, it's really interesting that he's about to be a crash and burn Jerry Tarkanian esque NFL coach. I think that's a big reason for it, honestly. And Gordon and I talked a lot about whether Urban would be successful at the NFL level. I'm not so sure for that reason. I don't think that act plays at that level. Right. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I just like, I mean, I go back to like, like that Mike Rice tape. It's like, really? Like, we're really still doing this? Like, come on now. So, um, I mean, what I think, can I, if we're going to talk college football from 30,000 feet, I think the fascinating one is the lasting impact of COVID. So, is the Pac 12 so bad right now? because they played five games last year, because California kids didn't play last year, because they can't get any, because they don't have any freshmen that were ready to play, because they didn't play last year, because the West Coast kids didn't play? Like, is this having an impact on what's taking place with Pac-12 football? It didn't seem to bother Oregon when they beat Ohio State. 
Okay. Is one is our sample size one? Is our sample size twelve? <laughs> one, one. Because the, the twelve seems not very good. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> it's not. Is the answer. Yeah. Um. All right, David. Well, we do have some basketball stuff for you today. Uh, actually, several yeah. things that we want to get to. You had some very strong opinions last week about uh, Ben Simmons and uh, Doc Rivers. And today, Doc went on ESPN, which was surprising, but uh, to talk about some things. So for, let's let's revisit Doc's let's let's revisit Doc's comments from after Game well, Seven, well, Austin. Well, let me make one comment. Okay. When a head coach requests to be on ESPN, things are not good. Yeah, I I would certainly agree to that. So this is just a little memory refresher. This is after Game 7, what happened with Doc Rivers that kind of ticked Ben Simmons off. Here you go. Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can can still be a point guard for for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, You know, so I don't know the answer to that. Okay. So Doc went on with Steve. What's that? That is arguably the worst answer by any coach. In the history of press conferences. Okay, well, well, listen to the backpedal today. You ready for this? Here you go. Go ahead, Austin. I want to correct that because I, I would love you guys to play what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and I've told you this before, Stephen A., never said what was reported. The question was asked about Ben. It was the first question after we just lost a game seven. My answer was, I'm not answering any of that stuff right now. Guys, I don't even know how to answer that. That had nothing to do was about Ben. I was basically saying I'm not answering that crap, those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, what disappointed me, and I don't, you know, I don't do this media thing very right. often. You never see me do that. Right. Um, it was being portrayed that I was out there saying I don't think we can win with Ben, and I do. I, I told Ben that the next day. Um, what, what really disappointed me was the next day I went on and said, guys, I knew exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And no one heard it. They just kept running their narrative. So, you know, I've been in sports a long time and, and I'm not rep- misrepresented very often. But in that case, I was. Uh, but it is what it is. All right, let's play it again. Let's hear it again. Let's hear it with that thought. That's what he was trying to say. If, by the way, it was not the first question. I believe it, it was, was the not. fifth question. It was the, the second. You are right about that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, let's hear it again because let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's hear it again. Doc, do you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. Don't know if I'm buying it, David. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I, 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 I know whether I'm buying it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm going to go that way, but, but you understand, I, I guess I, I think they're about to lose. They have, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're in an issue, right? Like they have, um, they have a marquee star player who's, not, not has, and whose agency has done a masterful job on how to tell the story, right? Like, oh, I'm willing to play for anyone, all 29 teams, but not not that one because of that quote. Pretty well done. Well, there's a difference between not knowing how to answer a question and not knowing whether the guy can lead your team. <laughs> 
Uh, that, that's uh, there's a well, big difference like, between those two. I things. mean, I I mean, the truth of the matter is okay. So let's give Doc the, the like a minor benefit of the doubt here, but not a very big one. So the truth is that he was upset after a loss. Okay, that's really real, right? What we ask these guys to do after a season-ending tough loss and to answer these questions is really hard. Like that's 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 fair, right? We all agree with that. Like. You're disappointed he just played well. Clearly Ben was having some sort of mental block that was preventing him from playing his game at the top level. He doesn't dunk. You're as a coach, you're, you know, like he's let you down, right? There's no question Ben let them down. And so I get it. But, like, the answer to that question is he's an all-league player. You have to have those players to win championships. That was the answer, right? That's the only answer. He just failed. He just blew it. So, like, now he blew it in, unfortunately, a bad enough way that it's having long-term ramifications, and that's what he's upset about and he thinks it's unfair. So, and, you know what? If you're, if you're Doc, you might think it, you might be right that it's unfair. You may have defended Ben time and time again and supported him, and now Ben's blaming this one quote on you. That might feel really unfair. So what's happening here, David? Do they want is, is Doc trying to polish this thing up so they have a better chance of trading him, or is he trying to make an appeal to Ben Simmons? He's probably trying to do both. He is not. Um, I would say that he probably is. They're not getting quite the offers they want, and so they really need Ben Simmons back if they're going to win. And trading him is not a very viable option right now, and so they need someone to step. You know, they need. They need Ben to come to camp. And Ben is not coming to camp right now. Speaking of camp, David, what do you make of the Jazz going down to Vegas? I think it's great. I mean, if you really look at where this franchise, kind of the key moment in this franchise recently, it was the bubble. Right? So they go down to the bubble. There's a lot of talk, a lot of problems, a lot of this, a lot of that all going on around that team before they went to the bubble. And they, when they get together as a group, they've got a really special bond. So, you know, they don't have problems right now, but that's a pretty heart-wrenching loss. There. Their last experience together as a group wasn't super. So can they go down to the bubble? Can they go down to Vegas to have a unique experience amongst themselves and regain the special connection that they had over the last 24 months and, and get that back to being where it needs to be, and hopefully that can happen. And training camp is so short now that, you know, and, and frankly, tra- tra- training camp is interesting because they have three days here right out of the shoot, right, where they go to Vegas. And then they come back, and on the backside of Dallas, they have another three days probably where they can practice in Salt Lake. And then they, on the backside of Milwaukee, have like six days. So it's almost three camps. So the idea, right, so it's three early, three middle, and five late. And I think that the what's interesting about that is you, you, you might as well go for one of those little stretches, go somewhere, and if you've already been on the road for four days on the front side of it, you probably don't want to do that again. So I think it's, you know, I think it's really smart. 
So, David, the, uh, the you know, who, who was it? Was it Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? The Jazz made some moves during this offseason. How will they be different this time around? So let me tell you why I think that approach is, and that phrase is totally irrelevant for this situation. That would assume that last year was a failure. The truth is what's going on in the league right now is that teams, like how many teams in the West do you think, I mean, this is, so for the first time ever in NBA history, since 1979, 80, 81, 82, since 81-82, since basically the merger. So Blazers win it, Warriors win it. Like that, we've had four champions in four years. The last time we had that was 80-81. If we didn't have the cap spike where Durant goes to the Warriors, there's a real chance we've had seven champions in seven years. Thank God we didn't, because then the Thunder might have won a championship, and that would have been the end of my life. Um, Not really, but let's go with it. Um, So we're at a different stage in this league than we've ever been before. The amount of teams that could win the title this year, uh, there's like four on the East and seven on the West, maybe five on the East, right? Sure. I got. I mean, I have. I got five teams who I think could play in the playing game and win the West. So, what you have is that you have a bunch of teams that have like a 10, 11, 12, 15, maybe the best have an eighteen. Maybe Brooklyn will get up to a twenty-two percent chance to win the title. Milwaukee probably had a fifteen percent chance, twenty percent chance to win the title three years ago, eighteen percent chance, and then an eighteen percent chance, and it finally came through for them. So you're not like the definition of insanity is 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 doing the same thing back over again. The definition of smart is if you're like if you have a 15% chance to win, you keep your 15% chance to win. And you try to win again. And like we have a 15% chance to win the title this year. And last year our 15% chance didn't win the title for us. I think the disappointing, it might not this year, but we've got a chance. The disappointing part for the Jazz, I think, was, uh, one, they didn't even get to the finals. And, and that would have been an advancement for them. But the fact that they dropped three straight to the Nuggets and then they dropped four straight to the Clippers, man, that just doesn't feel right. And I'm sure with the, with the way the players have talked, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert in particular, about wanting to win a title, you know, uh, not winning a title in this manner had to be painful for them and unsatisfactory. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think that's a little bit why Vegas is important, right? Like this, this group's got to, this group's got to come back together and reform their bond because their last experience together is not great. So it's one thing not to win a championship; it's another to lose four straight in the second round, you know? Sure, but, I mean, that could go, I mean, lose four straight while you're not playing your starting point guard and your – I mean, I've rewatched right, the second right, half of right. that. Mm-hmm. I watched the rewatch the second half, the disaster. Finally just thought I had to go back and see it and, you know, rewatched it. And you know what? Like, it's really obvious. The injuries are really obvious when you rewatch it. Like, Paul George is turning corners on Donovan Mitchell. That just is not a way that he turns the corner. Like, it's, you don't allow that. Like – 
Mike Conley just can't move. Like Rudy was, you know, there's other stuff that's Mm -hmm. not great, right? Every single one of our guys gets roasted one on one at some point. Like if I hear another stupid blowhard talk about Rudy during that time period, we have to do something about that because it's just ridiculous, Mm -hmm. right? This is not Rudy Gobert's problem. This is the fact that we couldn't. Guys were just driving downhill at them on every play and getting by our guys and beating them to the rack. And, like, okay, Rudy can come help, but that's not Rudy's fault. Like, someone's got to be able to guard their yard. And if we can't guard our yard, then that's a really big problem. And we don't have a great lineup of, of you know, defensive players out there, but hopefully we'll be better at it. David, thank you as always, buddy. We appreciate it. Season's almost here. It is. It's prep time. Like, I'm doing three or four teams a night. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's time. Like, you gotta you got to have it all done by the time the season starts because you can never catch up. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. All right, buddy. Thank you. See ya. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz.